Welcome, Impactful Parents. It's time for the Impactful Parenting Podcast, where I give you parenting tips and resources to make you a more impactful parent to your school-age child. I am your host, Christina Campos. Yeah, here we are about to talk about how to have a happy divorce. Quite the oxymoron, huh, folks? I don't know how this is going to go, but we're going to try to make it happen. I definitely can learn about this. I think... uh, (laughs) I think it's a it's a funny topic to me because I definitely I've been divorced and uh, it was not happy at all, but of course I got divorced very young, so that would also probably explain it how inexperienced I was and handling those type of situations and relationships and whatnot. And since then I've moved on and I've had some successful breakups. Uh, that too sounds like a oxymoron, but yeah, that's happened. Uh, with that said, it appears that Christina is doing some house cleaning. So I just want to welcome everybody. This is Amigos, Latinos, Latinas United, networking and fun. We are here. Feel free to click the little casita, join the greenhouse. We have topics like this all the time. It's all about elevating the community. So make sure you tap in with the house. Uh, also, Christina is the impactful parent. As you can see, uh, her app is on the link right there. Feel free to check that app out. It's got a lot of helpful resources, tips, and videos that you can use to help successfully raise your kids. Christina, I see you on mic. Are you back with us? I am. Here I am. Welcome, everybody. <laughs> um, I'm laughing at your introduction because I think that you have a lot more to contribute than you think you do, Rodrigo. And you're a mediator. <laughs> so um, do you mediate a lot of divorces? I've mediated several, yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. So see, I'm sure you'll have some amazing insights on things. Welcome, Consuelo. Glad you're here to join us. We're going to get started here. Um, yeah, if you know anybody else who would love to benefit from this room, make sure you uh, tap the little share button down below. Share the room out into the clubhouse hallway. Uh, let them know that we're about ready to get started and we're going to have an amazing conversation. Whether you've been divorced and you like to contribute to others to help others, or you might be going through a divorce or even thinking about getting a divorce, then this would be the room for you. So welcome. Um, how are you doing, Rodrigo? Other than that, I'm going to get started here, but yeah, doing great, doing great. So yeah, I was obviously talking from my experience, you know, a personal experience of uh, been through going through a divorce, and um, I, I would say it was definitely tumultuous. But being a mediator and having already mediated several divorce cases and child custody cases, things like that, uh, there is several common denominators. So I'll definitely uh, talk about those and maybe uh, give a few helpful pointers as to how to avoid those common pitfalls because it, it does it does happen quite a bit i mean obviously you know uh, to have a happy divorce uh, at one point you had to have a marriage right and typically there is kind of a a uh, you know an expectation and when those expectations aren't met that's where a lot of the uh, problems happen but yeah yeah i'm excited to have this uh, conversation Personally speaking, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I, I was so young when I got my divorce. I was I was young when I got married, young when I had my firstborn, and then young when I got my divorce, and all of that happened within the span of like three years. And we we were totally ill-equipped, uh, emotionally, uh, maturity-wise, and just uh, unfocused on how to have a. I wouldn't say a happy divorce, but a successful divorce. 
And instead, it just dragged on and, and led to just uh, some really, really tough, challenging times. So, uh, but th that's why I said yeah. I've had successful breakups. So, <laughs> that's <works laughs> that. too. learn from that. Well, I think we complement each other well because for me, um, I am divorced also, <clears throat> but I had the opposite experience where I was divorced. I was married for over 13 years, had four kids with the same guy. And, um, then one day he wanted to leave. So, um, but I was already, mm, it's probably about 38 at the time. So I wasn't a young woman anymore. Um, and had to, it was, it's, I think divorce is scary. First of all, it's really scary, especially for women. I think, um, I think it's scary for men too, but for me, I was at the time a stay at home mom. I mean, that was kind of the agreement I had within my marriage. And so I knew that once I was going to get a divorce, I didn't know if I was going to be able to do that anymore. You know, now I'm going to have to, the whole family dynamic was going to change. Was I going to have to go back to work? Um, he was the breadwinner. And so how do I now take care of myself when I'm nearly 40? and at the time and i got to start all over and so that was super super scary and when it when it's scary like that um i think that as we make sometimes we make choices and you, everything about divorce is so emotional oh my god it's so emotional i just even thinking about it just like stresses me out because you're sad you're scared you're nervous you're worried about the finances, worried about your kids, everything about it's emotional. I don't know about you, Rodrigo, but I was a hot mess. And I truly, the definition of the word, like truly during that. Um, but I do feel like I had a successful divorce um, and I do not have a very conventional divorce either. I have a divorce where um, I have the children primarily most of the time. And he comes and I let him see the kids whenever he wants to. Um, but it typically looks like I'm home base and he takes them out to dinner a couple times a week and he takes them most Friday and Saturday, Friday nights and Saturday during the day. And then I get him back on Sunday and um, he's still providing for my kids financially, but I provide for them um, in all the day-to-day -day parenting um, stuff, but it's it's not conventional. It's not 50-50 the way that most um, families, I think, separate. So I just like that we come from really different places. I think we're going to have a lot of different insights as we as we move forward with this. So, and if you guys would love to come and contribute as we start talking about divorce, if you have something that you'd like to add, please raise your hand. Please come and join us on the stage. Today is much more of a conversation um as we talk about different things but i will be uh giving you some tidbits about what your ch children might be going through with a divorce so um exactly that's why we want to make this a happy divorce so we can make sure that our kids are as healthy as possible so come on up and join our conversation right rodrigo yeah 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 this is definitely going to be a conversation not you know and, and just kind of sharing our experiences both professional and personally and uh but yeah and i know you said that it was unconventional in the sense but I, I tell people when I when I do my mediation with them, I tell them all the time, every divorce looks different. Uh, there is some standard legalese and some paperwork and this and that, right? 
but every divorce looks different. And the reason for that is because different things work for different folks. Uh, one, one of the, uh, um, I, obviously I can't speak like on, on direct cases, right? But one of the things uh, you know, that I really helped one particular couple was just acknowledging that, that at the end of the day, whatever they agree to is what they agree to. There's nothing wrong with if they you know, decide not to do a 50-50. Uh, in this particular case, the, 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 the lady was the breadwinner. She was the one that, that was uh, uh, making most of the money. And the guy, the guy was, you know, scared of like, hey, I'm going to end up having to um, pay child support and, and I can't afford it and this and that. And she said, no, I don't I don't even need your child support. But what I do need is for you to be there uh, available for the kids if, you know, I, they need a, they got daycare or they got something going on. And that made a bigger difference for her you know, in regards to what they were trying to commit to and what worked for both of them. And so in your case, for example, you, you said to yourself, like, hey, uh, I, I just, uh, I just, you need, you are looking for something that y'all can both commit to. Now, that's the one question I was going to ask is, it, is it, are you happy with the arrangement? You know, and that's what I always ask folks as well. I say, as long as you're happy with the arrangement, you know, that's um, that it can work out. It can definitely work out. If you're not happy with the arrangement, then yes, it can lead to resentment. It can lead to uh, one parent uh, not feeling that they're getting that they're getting basically the short end of the stick. Uh, uh, to another parent thinking, "Hey, I'm doing most of the work here," um, things of that nature. You know, and and, uh, and then another thing that I would add before you know maybe I get some feedback is that sometimes uh, parents don't know what they don't know. And so, uh, you know, if you, if you are, for example, a non-custodial father like I, I am, or I was, um, you don't even know sometimes how much of an extent you're, you are or you are not playing in your child's life. And that to me wasn't made relevant up until uh, my son lived with me. Uh, when he when he started living with me a year and a half ago, I didn't realize how much work it is to 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 be a uh, single parent or a single mom, and in my case, a single dad. I I really didn't know. I thought I was doing a lot with my custodial weekends and taking them out to trips and then like, taking them for the whole summer. I, I really wasn't doing much. It's it's the craziest thing. It wasn't until my son lived with me that I realized how much work it is to be the custodial parent, to be there with them. And that's one of the things you don't realize until after the divorce. And so sometimes by using my experience and also letting folks know, hey, what works best for you may not be what works best for the other person. Of realizing, you know, what is fair and what isn't fair. That kind of helps kind of, uh, you know, settle the parameters as far as how, how do I make sure that I get a fair shake out of this uh, split up? Because at the end of the day, and I've, I've had folks tell me this when I was training to be a mediator, having a successful divorce means having a successful negotiation. Uh, and it sounds very businesslike, but a lot of times that's what it comes down to. What do you think, Christina? 
<laughs> Agreed, 100%. I don't think that many uh, divorce settlements are going to be perfect. I think that uh, you kind of have to, you, it is a settlement. You settle for what you think you can handle. <laughs> so, uh, you know, what you think you can deal with and be happy with, right? And I would say, yes, I am very happy with my arrangement with the with my current divorce, even though I have the kids a majority of the time and it's exhausting, and I'm very tired. And on the weeks that he doesn't take the kids on the weekend so I can get that Friday night and Saturday free for myself to um, to reboot, man, those weeks are really tough for me. I'm not gonna lie. But um, at the same time, in the overall scheme of things, it's what I felt is the best thing for us and our family. And I say our family because he's still very much part of my family. I mean, it is a team. You have to figure out how to be a team player with this person that you may not like anymore. Now, luckily I like my ex-husband, but he, um, it, you, I know a lot of divorces don't end like that. And it's not the end of the marriage, especially if you have kids, which we're assuming that you do, um, hopefully um, as I'm a parenting coach, but, um, so you have to find that middle ground as a team. And one thing I wanted to note, point, point out to you is that if you're thinking about getting a divorce is that your kids are absolutely watching and how you handle this kind of conflict is going to be teaching them how they should be handling conflict, how they handle their own breakups, even as adolescents. And so uh, be very mindful of your actions all of the time because those eyes are watching and oh my gosh and i know you, we're all gonna make mistakes through this process you're gonna have to sit down with your kids and explain quite a lot but as long as you're aware they are watching and this is you're literally passing down life skills to them through your example of how you're handling this conflict so um yeah well let's i wanted to get started with um Asking two of the people in the audience, go ahead and raise your hand. Come on up. Um, one of the first things I think that you need to to talk about when you are referred to with your kids is some divorces are not mutual. Like, for example, even with my own, I I would never have gotten divorced. I probably would have just stuck with it forever um, and trying to you know push through it all. But uh, I didn't want to do that for him. Um, he was ready to move on so i had to let him go but when you're in a situation like that it's also really misleading and confusing for the kids if you still have hope that he's going or she's going to come back and that's really difficult and one of the things that i wish so badly that i would have done differently in my divorce is really just accept that i'm getting a divorce like that was really hard for me to accept. And for so long, I was holding on for hope. Even like after the divorce was final, I was still holding on for hope. And I don't know if my kids saw it, but um, I mean, I hope that they didn't, but I, I really know that that has to be confusing for them. Um, and I tried to be so uh, amicable, but probably because I had hope, maybe even a little too much. I'll admit that. Like I might've invited him over for dinner a little bit more than I should have because here I am being hopeful, but also feeling like I want to look nice and using the kids as saying, Hey, no, you can come over and visit the kids here. And, and that's, it's, that's not a good way to go. Just, well, I think that'd be step number one is, is really, if you're going to be going through a divorce, you're going to have to 
like step in completely. Don't don't dip your toe. Like either lean in or go to a mediator, maybe try to figure it out actually. So, or a counselor or whoever you want to go to. Um, what do you think about that, Rodrigo? Yeah, I agree. Uh, so in the cases that I've mediated, uh, that's one of the first things that we do. We, uh, I have used this expression, this, uh, this term that I have, and it's called, you need to vent in order to reinvent. Well, what does that mean? That means that sometimes we need to express ourselves and be honest about what's going on. And that includes with your children. A lot of times we feel like our kids are going to be hurt. They're going to be impacted in such a negative way. And we don't give our kids enough credit. Uh, if we're open and honest and transparent with them, it'll be the best way for them to handle this process. Uh, kids, unfortunately, are kind of caught in the crosshairs when these decisions happen. And, 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 and sometimes the kids have their own feelings that they're imagining. Why, why, why is this happening? What's going on? Why this, this and that? My son, who is 20, 21 years old now, 21 and a half, it's still, uh, still bothering. We literally had this conversation this past week where he, he was still wondering, like, I don't really know what happened and this X, Y, Z. And so kids, when we, when we are not transparent with them, they'll come up with their own narratives. They will come up with their own stories and sometimes even inadvertently blame themselves. They say, oh, they broke up because of me. They... Uh, oh, I, I, w I wasn't good at school or, oh, they're only together because of me. You know, they got together because, you know, mom, mom and him got pregnant and, and now, you know, they, wh whatever, they'll come up with their own stories. So it's really important that I always tell my parent, my, my clients and my parents, I always tell them, you know, vent to reinvent. We got to get those emotions out and let's be transparent about those emotions. Get it out there. It doesn't mean we acknowledge, I mean, I'm sorry, it doesn't mean we agree with everybody's perspective, right? But at least we acknowledge that we heard it and you've been able to express it. And when you do that and you're transparent, not only with the parent, but with your child, with the kids, then you can move forward towards the resolution. Everybody's clear about uh, you know, what, what's gonna happen, what it's gonna lead to, and hopefully you know, that there's a kind of a, a groundwork uh, for understanding of what's happening. And so like, like, for example, with you, Christina, you know, and, and look, I've, I've done that before too, right? Where, 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 where we do things hoping, right? Hoping that things may come out to a different outcome or a different result. But unfortunately, you know, and, and definitely in my experience, you end up just confusing folks, you know, you end up confusing yourself and it's really, and it's really more hurt, hurtful than helpful. So I always tell folks, be honest, let's, Let's be transparent and let's work towards uh, uh, going through, uh, let, go, making sure that everybody understands what the framework is that we're working in. And nine times out of 10, I, uh, when I've had these sit downs and the parents are looking at each other face to face and I tell them, look, uh, this is not an event, this is not a mad session. We're not angry, we just want to express ourselves. Nine times out of 10, Christina, it, it it leads to an immediate an immediate understanding from one of the parents. Uh, maybe the dad didn't realize how messed up his decision was. Uh, maybe the mom doesn't realize that he's trying his best. But whenever I offer that opportunity for them, nine times out of ten, 
the parents realize like, damn, I, 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 I misread this. I, wow, I'm, I'm a jerk or I, I, uh, man, I messed up. I didn't realize it was that impactful. And then they, they, they come to a realization. Okay. You know what? Uh, maybe I don't know everything. And then they start to say, okay, you know what? Let, let's come to a compromise. I, they, they begin to understand that person's perspective, their, their, uh, you know, co-parent perspective at that point. Um, and it leads to a much more fruitful mediation uh, settlement or agreement because now there's an appreciation for what's going on. At the very least, an understanding of what the framework is for that person. And that's helped, uh, you know, just lead to a more successful divorce when it comes to negotiations where uh, I've even had a, a lady forego a, a gentleman's retirement account. Because he, he expressed how lost he was and he said, you know, I'm going to start over. I'm going to do this and do that. Da, da, da. And if the, everything was said and done, she was like, you know what? You, you can keep that. I, I don't want to, you know, we've already parsed out this and do that, this and that. And he appreciated it. And, and she told me later on, she goes, this, that's the first time he ever said thank you to me in 15 years or something. <laughs> you know? <laughs> She's, it was just, you know. Yeah, yeah, it was just like wild to her, right? But he he genuinely said that he goes, "Thank you," you know, because he was scared. He he didn't know that that was that was one of the few things that he maintained that he felt like it was his and this and that. They were arguing about it, but after two hours and we were discussing everything, she let it go because she she understood and I would say even appreciated his honesty and vulnerability and transparency and telling her that how he felt about things and how he felt about this retirement account. Now, again, that is completely up to her because at the end of the day, she had every right to keep it to half of that account. But again, settlements and divorces are all individualized. And what looks good to you may not look good to another person, but that person is not working within the same framework. So it's important to note that, like you said earlier, Christina, that all divorces are going to look different, that every divorce is unique to itself. And that, uh, you know, what's most important is that you find a good balance for you and that works for you and that you can, you know, and that you're happy with it. So that, that's what I would add to that. Uh, I'm going to reset the room here. We're talking about how to have a happy divorce. And Rodrigo, he is a mediator. So I am just so excited that he's able to contribute some of these great tidbits for us today. I'm a parenting coach. My name is Christina Campos. And um, so many things you just said I want to comment on. I don't even know where to begin. Uh, <laughs> one of the things in the beginning of what you said, um, you were talking about the kids uh, asking why you know, why did you guys get divorced and them creating those narratives inside their head? I think that's really, really important to point out as a parenting coach. I have to reiterate it again, because even my youngest child, she's today, she's nine. But when I got divorced, she must have been one. I mean, not I, she could not remember. She never has um, any memories of me and my ex-husband living together like my older two children do, like like Cortez that you guys know. Um, but um, it really bothers her to this day. I know it, she'll still from time to time come up to me and ask me to say, tell me again why you are not with dad. And it, it just, it's hurtful, hurtful to her, I think. Um, and I'm not great at explaining it. This is something I'm not good at. And I, I need to figure that out. I know that's a weakness in my parenting that I need to work on. 
Um, but I don't want to blame her dad for us not being together. And at the same time, um, I don't want to be like, I, I, I guess I don't know even know what to say about it because maybe in my own heart, I don't even know too. I'm like, I still don't really know why I'm divorced, but, um, and maybe that's why I have such a hard time and that's okay. Um, you know, but I think it's a really valid, valid thing that your, your children are going to be asking, even if they don't even remember you guys being together. Um, but there's also going to be kids that are going to be relieved that their parents are getting a divorce because they're in a really toxic environment. And some of these kids, um, on the other side, you know, they're hearing all the pain and the yelling and the disagreement and they don't, they don't want to, they want us to be happy too as parents. So some kids are going to be relieved with it. So don't think that all kids are going to be, um, really upset over, um, the breakup because that may not necessarily be the truth. And I love Rodrigo's um, uh, suggestion about just being open and talking with the kids. I think there's rules of engagement that need to be set in place once you know that you're going to be getting a divorce. And what I mean by rules of engagement is that you have to deal with this person, especially if you have children, for the rest of your life. So they are going to be at baby showers and weddings and you got to coordinate with them. And so how are you going to uh, communicate with each other moving forward. If you don't know, there's actually several apps out there that help you communicate with your ex um, that are actually literally made for divorced parents. Um, but, you know, of course, there's simple rules like don't talk bad about the other parent. Um, but there's other rules of engagement that are going to come up. And that's going to be a rolling conversation with your ex as time goes on um, because it oh my gosh, wait till the jealousy really starts kicking in. Divorce has so much jealousy that is entwined inside of it for oh a million different reasons, right guys? Um, whether it's uh, jealous about how they got, how the items got divided, jealous about the time they spend with their kids. Um, I had a lot of jealousy in the beginning um, when my ex-husband would go on vacations with my kids and I thought, man, I want to be there enjoying myself with the kids too. Like, that's amazing. I wanted to be there to experience it with them. Um, and then that's just the tip of the iceberg. Cause once you start putting in the uh, other significant others and the ex starting to, um, to date or even bringing another father or mother figure into the kids' lives, there brings a whole other realm of jealousy that will come in and it's natural it's natural to feel this way but you're gonna have to really this divorce is a testament of controlling your big emotions and i don't know how else to explain it more than that it is the test number one of how you're gonna control all of the feelings inside of your body it's crazy um but uh, I'm going to pause there for a moment. I'll let you speak, Rodrigo, and then I'm going to get into um, some of the things that the kids might be working on. Definitely. And I want to welcome Consuelo to the stage and just add a couple just quick notes on what you were talking about right now and then pass it to Consuelo and see what she would like to share. But uh, it is, it is definitely difficult. And I think that's why it is important for those parents to have a common understanding of, of, of what the framework is that you're gonna be exposing your kids to. And one of the failings that many divorced couples have is not having that framework. 
And and this is gonna sound really, you know, kind of maybe even bizarre, but but I I, I do tell my custodial, I do tell my parents, I said, you have to agree to something, because if not, your kids are gonna hear it from both sides. There's gonna be some, uh, you know, resentment, some animosity, some anxiety, all kinds of things that are just gonna lead to issues with your kids and or, or your kids having issues. Uh, um, they, they're going to develop their own insecurities. They're going to develop their own set of problems that are merely derivatives from folks not having that understanding. So I've, I, I do, I've been with couples who are breaking up and they, they tell me, uh, uh, well, I don't, we don't know how to tell the kids and we don't do this and that. And I, I, the only thing I offer them is come to an agreement on that. And work with that framework and agree to that framework, because when you don't agree to it and there is that imbalance there, the kids will pick it up immediately. Uh, you know, it's very important uh, to, to resolve that. And then the other thing that I always share with couples, and this is a more personal experience, but there are studies that have shown this. When you yourself don't have the mental framework yet uh, to, to really handle these type of traumas and and these issues that are going on you you are not going to be able to handle it so uh, for example when i got my divorce when i was young I, I was so toxic i was not in the right state of mind i when i got divorced i rebelled back to the divorce by getting myself in another relationship and then having another child i mean that is like the ultimate worst thing that i could have done and I was completely toxic within that relationship itself. It was terrible. And it wasn't until years later, uh, probably about maybe 10 years ago now, maybe, yeah, 10, 10, eight years ago, whatever, that I truly said to myself, I said, you know what, I, I, need, to, I need to go to therapy. I need to do this and do that. And it was a partner of mine when we went to go get to couples therapy. And that's where I started my mental health journey. And so I always tell folks, when you take the time to take care of your mental health and you take the time to really understand what, what drives you and the issues that you have internally, you can better, uh, you're better equipped to handle all these exterior things that happen, including divorce, including that trauma and so forth. And so I always tell folks, it's, it's, there's nothing wrong with going to a counselor, to a therapist and talking about these emotions and make sure that we process them. Because divorce is a traumatic experience. It can be a very traumatic experience, not just for the couple, but also for the kids. And I always, I always tell folks, if you feel that you need that, please, by all means, get that done. Because the sooner you can do that, the quicker you can heal. And the, the, the quicker everybody can come to a place of understanding and to a place of peace. Uh, with, with that said, I want to definitely welcome Consuelo to the stage. Uh, Consuela, did you want to share something or add any value to the stage? Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to add two nuggets you guys hit on. And thank you so much for having this topic. I'm two years divorced now. And when I divorced, my son was two, very, very young. And I do agree, you know, talking about, you know, explaining to the kids what's happening. My son was very young. I did not know how to explain something like this to a two-year-old. But what I think we forget to comprehend is that kids very much know what's going on. And my son did. 
and he was picking up on the way his father would speak to me. He even at one point like stood in front of me and defended me. And I remember that was like my shining waking moment. Like, oh my goodness, this is not a great place for me to raise my child anymore. Um, and then, you know, the piece of, yeah, Christina was saying big, big concepts of, you know, getting to when the other partner starts dating or when the other partner does this and that, you know, I was very much that one in the beginning. We're like, let's have, let's still have family dinner night, you know, once a month. I had to slowly let that go. I realized that wasn't healthy. It confused my son, but what we still do is at least get together on his birthday and we have family breakfast on his birthday. That's once a year. We can do that. Um, but yeah, kind of getting out of your own way with some of those other bigger thoughts of, you know, what they're doing over there. And, you know, I used to think, oh, is he still eating organically? And I'm like, Consuelo, let it go. Control what you can control in your own house. And it's come a long way. But I, I love that we're talking about this because there are some things that you can implement to just really make your own peace of mind through it all. It's not a happy experience. Nobody wakes up and say, I can't wait to get divorced. But there, there are some different situations, right? <laughs> um, but definitely, I, I want to share with anybody who may be in this room that is freshly divorced or might be thinking about pulling the trigger that you can definitely take some control back and live the life that you deserve. I'm Consuelo. I released the mic. That's a beautiful share, Consuelo. Thank you. I'm glad you came up. And if anybody else would like to come and join our conversation, please raise your hand and come and join us. Um, I want to ask Rodrigo a question here, actually, and um, it just brings me uh, for what Consuelo was, Consuelo was saying about um, kids. And I know that some psychologists will say, include your kids and some of the decisions and things like that. And at the other time, I hear also, well, you don't want to make your kid choose because then they feel like they have to choose between the parents and you never want to have your child choose between the parents. So in those cases, you want to choose for them. So do you know, Rodrigo, um, when what kind of choices could we give our kids to empower them in this process without making them feel like they have to choose between parents? Is there some other topic they like? I'm trying to think of what they could be, even myself, um, of how we can give our kids a little bit of agency, as they like to put it all the time, in, in what's going on in their lives um, without making them choose between parents. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest things, you know, giving them the agency to make their own choices. Uh, obviously, you want to encourage relationships with, with all the parents involved, with the folks involved. But it really is important for those parents themselves to establish those relationships. You can't, you, you really, it's really difficult to force a kid to, to do something, to do something they don't want to do. Right. We, we already know that just clean up your room, right? Pick up your socks. What the hell? Right. So, so when it comes to something even tougher, it's, it's going to be even more difficult, but that's why it's so important to have uh, foster that communication, to be honest. And, and to really, you know, say, hey, you know, uh, this is what it is. Here's the choices that you have, X, Y, Z. And, and uh, there, there are other considerations, right? Uh, when, when one parent is maybe unduly influencing the child, 
that that's where you get like some stickiness there and you may have to take some you know some action right some some outside action but you know besides that for the moment right the most important thing you can do is to empower your kids via transparency via information and via choice okay uh, a lot of times kids feel lost in the in the whole conversation and the reason they feel lost is because it's really our fault it's it's our damn fault we we don't tell our kids what's going on we try to sugarcoat it we take them to chuck e cheese we, 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 we tell them like, here's $10, go spend it. Here's the Xbox, play all day, whatever you wanna do. We, we, we tend to just you know uh, not want to confront the issue. But the more we don't confront the issue, the more your child will come up with their own conclusions. And that's not what you want to let them happen. Do not let them have the agency to come up with their own conclusions, okay? <laughs> You're gonna give them agency, you might as well give them the right agency. What you wanna do is give them the, 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 the right information. Uh, you know, that comes from both sides, both perspectives. Again, this goes back to the framework where both parents agree, hey, you know what, this is what we're going to talk about. This is what we're not going to talk about. So, you know, for example, right, let's just throw out an example. This has nothing to do with anybody personal here, this and that. But let's just say that, you know, a couple breaks up and uh, for, for all intents and purposes, it was the guy's fault, right? Whatever. You know, th th those th that couple needs to come to a framework of understanding with what the genesis of the breakup was. Now, do they want to just say straight up like, oh yeah, it was his fault. He, I don't know, cheated with somebody and I can't stand that, blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's not what I would recommend, but you know, as long as you have an understanding, understand that he's gonna, you know, bear the brunt of that and there's gonna be some, you know, some uh, uh, emotional baggage attached with that or whatnot. Or you may come to the decision and say, look, we're just gonna say that we broke up, blah, 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 blah. but then again, you both have to play the part. Whatever that agreement is, it is the most important thing is that y'all stay consistent with it, but most importantly, be transparent about it. So I'm always about you know letting the kids have that agency and know that information, be transparent with it. Obviously, when you have a young child versus an older child, it's way different, right? The kids process things differently. There's no way you can, maybe you can explain certain things to a younger child and explain things to an older child. They're gonna they're gonna you know process that way differently. But at the end, if they're given that information and you trust them to process it and you tell them, hey, here's what happened, X, Y, Z. Here's how we're gonna move, X, Y, Z. Here's what I expect from you, X, Y, Z. Then at least they understand, okay, I have the information. I now have an understanding of what's going on. I, uh, I'm, I'm hoping to get these tools to be able to process all this. And I'm getting some allowance to be able to handle all this. And I think that's really critical, really important for our kids because I, I, and again, I speak this not only from experience, but from studies that have been shown that kids who are unaware of what's going on in a divorce are actually uh, more inclined to need some type of help in the, in the future. I'll, I'll pull up the study. I'm not at home right now, but, but there's actually a study that says that. And the reason for that is because, again, kids process their emotions, they process their own narratives on their own and they have to figure that out and and based on my personal experience unfortunately that happened with my oldest son and, and my son is now you know having to deal with that process and all that all that uh all that work that happened everything that he didn't know this uh cloud of confusion uh that a lot of things were happening because and and again there's two sides to every story so you don't have to take my word for it but i was super transparent with my son growing up I told him exactly what happened, 
his mom decided to say something else. And he had this feeling that I was the one responsible for everything, uh, which was contrary to Samuel, my oldest, my youngest son. His mom and I, we broke up and I told Samuel exactly what happened. And his mom agreed, right? <laughs> my son, Samuel, you know, and even though, and look, it was my fault, y'all. It was totally my fault why we broke up. I was a jerk. I was toxic. I was, I was a piece of shit. I, I was trash at that point. And his and Samuel's mom broke up with me, and and we broke up. And when Samuel got older, I told him exactly what happened. It was tough for him to process, but I told him, look, I'm just being honest. Your mom's amazing, but I fucked up. I, this is what happened. Da, 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 da. And my my son, he had clarity with that. So even though, you know, I could have been painted as the bad guy or anything, even Samuel's mom was like, no, yeah, that's what happened. But your dad loves you, and he he cares about you. So don't worry about that. He loves you, you know, and he he's here for you. He hasn't abandoned you, nothing like that. So so have a you know good relationship with him. And now Samuel lives with me. We have a fantastic relationship. Uh, we have an understanding, you know, of things and this and that. And not once have I ever had to really occult things from him, because at the end of the day, I, I trust that whatever I share with him, he's gonna understand. That, that, hey, I'm dad, I am a regular-ass human being, I make mistakes, and that at the end of the day, if I do things out of love and compassion with him, that he'll forgive me and then he'll give me some grace. And uh, so, so yeah, that's just my personal experience you know, coming from that, but also, you know, some, some uh, professional experience speaking with the clients that I've worked with uh, these last, uh, within the last year. I hope everybody's enjoying this room right now. Um, please take a moment to share it into the hallway, which is the little share button down at the bottom of your screen, because Rodrigo's giving such amazing advice, and I want everybody to learn from him. Um, another thing I'll add to that is uh, Rodrigo is a mediator, and one of the things that you should do as you're going through a divorce is get a mediator. Uh, it'll be so important. It's so um, They're just so helpful in helping you negotiate all those things um, that you're gonna have to start negotiating with time and assets and all the things. Um, and my personal suggestion to you is you're going through that process, think outside the box of how your divorce agreement can look. It does not have to be 50-50 as we started this conversation. I talked to you about my story. Um, and some of the things that you do want in your uh, divorce agreement, you could add things in there that aren't typical that just might help um, the family. One of, I'll give you another example from my personal experience. I actually have in my divorce agreement written in that once a year, my ex-husband and I and our four children have to go on a vacation together. And we have to do it once a year. It's literally legally <laughs> that we do this and we can't invite anybody else. It says in our divorce agreement that even if we get remarried, then our new spouses, boyfriend, girlfriends, anything like that, nobody else can join us. It's just me, my ex-husband, and our four children. And I'll, I'll be honest and say that that vacation was excruciatingly painful for me in the beginning because uh, if you heard this from the beginning, I still had a lot of hope in my marriage or in my getting remarried again and maybe even uh, resolving things. And so... It was really painful to go on those vacations. As time has gone on, as I've been now divorced for several years, um, those vacations have become the 
highlight of my youngest daughter's um, year. Literally, it's her favorite thing to do everything every year. She looks forward to it because she gets to have her parents for one week together. And it's like the two people she loves the most. And we get to all be together as a family. It means a lot to her. She doesn't remember my ex-husband and I ever being together. So this one week, it means the world to her. And we make it special for her. And it's a cool week. And I actually really, really enjoy it now because I get to hang out with a good friend of mine aka my ex-husband and uh we have fun and we try not to argue <laughs> so you know it's it, there's always a turbulent day in that vacation week but you know it's it, the point is think of outside the box there's other things that you could put into your divorce agreement that might um that might help your kids um also make sure that you have a support team um not only for your kids like rodrigo was saying getting them counseling if they want it um but also for yourself, whether that's a counselor or the um, a, just a good family friend even. Um, and I know this is another weird suggestion, but I actually am gonna suggest that you try to live near your ex if things are amicable. And the reason for that is that it's actually gonna be a lot easier for you and him and um, also the kids. There's, that one point in my marriage, um, my ex-husband actually moved like six blocks away from me. And at first I was really reluctant about that, but it, it actually turned out to be really convenient after a while that my kids could just gonna even walk from one house to the other and see us both. And if um, if you can handle that kind of situation, I actually really recommend it. It's, it's great for the children to be able to have their parents so close together. And don't let your uh, children live in suitcases back and forth. That's going to really um, wear down on their mental health. Um, it'd be best if you can get just a couple different supplies of clothes at both homes. And yeah, the clothes kind of go back and forth, but that's just how it is. And I would say um, my next question is going to go to the panel. I'm going to ask Consuelo and Rodrigo since you're up here, Consuelo. How long do you think you need to wait before you start dating again? Because that's going to cause, um, that, that makes divorce a lot harder when uh, somebody, you're not going to have choice over your, you know, the ex's uh, dating life, but you can control yourself. And how long do you think it's appropriate for you to wait before, before starting to date? Because your kids are going to know. Um, I'll chime in. I honestly feel like a good year because after any transition, you're going through the firsts all over again. So you want to give yourself a chance to ride those firsts and know how you're going to feel through it. You know, the first time you're having Christmas by yourself, the first time, you know, whatever that may be, it can get really taxing when you're going through that and trying to build another relationship. In my opinion, that's not fair to the other person. So I say at least give yourself a year to go through all the firsts and like reconnecting back with yourself. I'm a Reiki practitioner. I'm all about spiritual stuff, but getting back to you and what it means to be in your own skin without anybody else having input, kind of getting your power back, your footing back, and that vibration and that energy will naturally start to 
connect you with people that are meant to be in your space. I'm two years out and I'm barely starting to date again. I met a fine gentleman. We're going on the third date next week. And I, I actually am maybe almost going on year three, actually. So it's just starting for me because I took a lot of time to just heal. Just get back in my groove and just heal. Rodrigo, what about you? Oh, I would say the next day. I think the next, no, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I, I learned the hard way, y'all. I learned the hard way. I actually, when I had my divorce, I, I met uh, Samuel's mom uh, within the month. And uh, within that next month, uh, we were expecting Samuel. Uh, that was <laughs> that was immediately after I just got divorced from Rodrigo's mom. And that, trust me, I, I was a total fuck up at that point. I was like, wow, man, I am just over here just feeling the, uh, fulfilling the Latino stigma, right? The, the, the just having kids everywhere, this and that. And that's when I really did take to appreciate what Consuelo just said, because after after Samuel's mom and I, Maribel, uh, when Maribel and I broke up, I, I took a year. I took a year and a half. Uh, um, well, I mean, I can, I guess I can share this. I took a year and a half from sex and relationships. I, I completely went cold turkey on everything, and then it took me like another, uh, well, a year and a half. But it took me about another three years, two years. Before I finally said, like, okay, I'm ready to, like, kind of go out there and venture this and that. Because at the end of the day, it's, it's like Consuelo said, you really do have to give yourself space. Especially if you're not at that point in your life where you have the, uh, uh, I, I would say, the mental capacity to handle that and to heal. Uh, I've been in relationships, and then you get out, and it's like you're lost, and you got to do this and that. And some of the first things we do, right? So we, we want to go find somebody else. We want to do that. We do that, this and that. And now I'm appointed in my life where uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't need to do that. I'm, I'm very, I'm very happy where I'm at right now. And uh, um, it, it's, it's, it's definitely a course for where, hey, I'm going down this line. I know where I've been before. I know what I have to do in order to heal. And, and also, most importantly, my boys now they're older. Back when they're younger, I didn't want them to see me as going, you know, from, you know, one partner to another or bringing a bunch of ladies with me and this and that. So I kind of contained that with my boys. Whenever I had custody of my kids, I, it was strictly them. I didn't, I didn't do any parties. I didn't do anything like that. Uh, or, or, or. In, in fact, let me share a very quick story. Uh, I got invited to this place called Peter Piper Pizza. Right? It's like, uh, it's basically like a Chuck E. Cheese. And so my friend said, "Hey, yeah, bring your kids." You know what I'm saying? It's it's uh, her, it was her son's uh, birthday, and she invited them. So yeah, great, right? So we go there. They have a great time. We're eating the pizza. We do this and that. I help her kind of clean up and this and that. And so as we're leaving, you know what I'm saying? I help put her stuff in her car, and my boys are there with me, and they're carrying little things too, and her son as well, her son Victor. And then she gives me a kiss on the cheek, and it was very innocent. It was just like, like, thank you so much for helping me. And she gave me a kiss on the cheek. When we got back into the car, both of my boys were like, who is that dad? Like, just <laughs> the, most, the most inquisitive, most police uh, station uh, uh, voice that they ever had, both of my boys. And they were both young. They were like, what, uh, uh, eight and five or something like that. Like, who is that your friend? Like, who is that? 
what's what's going on? This is oh my god, my oldest was just super just like I was like, no, 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 it's just a friend. It's not like that. Da, 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 da. Any case, my whole point with adding that story is that your kids know. Okay, your kids are gonna know when you're going through, you know, something new. If you're having fun, if you're not having fun, they, they detect all that stuff. And especially if you bring somebody else into the picture, that they, they will start asking questions. And so I always feel like you have to have that kind of consideration for their perspective and making sure that they're also ready to uh, entertain that idea that, hey, dad's moved on. He, you know, he's getting somebody, he's going with somebody else. You know, dad's, uh, dad's uh, mom is, is got a boyfriend, you know what I'm saying? And okay, you know, this and that. And now you got to deal with the whole, okay, when do I introduce them? Uh, hey, does my ex, is my ex okay with this? And it sounds really stupid, right? Because we shouldn't really need to ask permission for that. But at the same time, your ex does, you know, uh, or your co-parent has a relationship with your kids. And if they're not at a certain place, you got to be ready to confront that. So it's, again, better to get ahead of that and let them know, like, hey, uh, I'm seeing somebody. I just want you to know this and that, blah, 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 and get that conversation going so that they're not caught unprepared. And they also, if they have any unresolved feelings or there's something going on there, that they start managing them and that they understand what the framework is for that understanding that I mentioned earlier. Because the last thing that that uh, that uh, 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 a co-parent probably wants to find out is that you're with somebody through their kids. Oh my God, that that's happened to me. That's a whole other room. We got to open, Christina. <laughs> you know what? I was just thinking when you were talking. I'm like, okay, we need to do a whole room just on how do you introduce a new person into the family because there's so many layers there you got the kids and how they're gonna feel you got the ex and how they're gonna feel and then you got the reciprocal of when your ex gets somebody new how you feel because i'm telling you that's a lot of jealousy that happens in that and oh man there's just and there is some things that we could um <laughs> help people on and give some tips on <laughs> on that because it is tricky too many layers <laughs> It is, it is, and you know, and, and, and look, just to show y'all, we're all human, right? I had already gone through, uh, uh, you know, a significant portion of my mental health journey and, and I felt like I was ready to go. And then Rodrigo's mom, uh, uh, called me one day for hurricane preparation there in Houston. Oh, I need, I need your help. Oh, you know, we got to board out the house and this and that. And she had a boyfriend. I said, well, wh why can't your boyfriend do it? You know, this and that, right? He doesn't know how. And, and Christina, it was the most craziest thing because all of a sudden I felt like I got one up on this dude. I, I got I to I gotta show off. I got to show off. <laughs> so there I am loading a bunch of plywood in the back of my truck. I get my tool belt off. He was like, I got my hammer and my nails. And I show up to her place. My son sees me. My son literally says, Dad, you're my hero, you know. And I was like, "Oh hell yeah!" The guy's there. I told him, "Okay, here's here's a hammer, here's some nails." He can't. He doesn't know how to use a hammer. I told him, "Just hold the board, man. I'll go ahead and do it." Pow, pow, pow! I'm banging the nails in this and that. Put up not, like 19 uh, ply, sheets of plywood all around her house. And, and when I was done, I felt so good, Christina. <laughs> you showed him, Rodrigo. <laughs> 
looking back at it, it was so one of the most pointless, stupidest shit I had ever done in my life because it didn't, <laughs> it didn't do anything. It was so egotistical on my part, you know what I'm saying? But it just goes to show, even when we think we have the right framework, even when we're working on ourselves, you still can get caught in those emotions. You can still get caught in trying to show out for all the wrong reasons. I should have just gone over there just because my, you know, it was to protect my son's home, uh, which is her investment as well, her her home, and just take care of my son. But I went there for very selfish and very egotistical uh, uh, reasons. Uh, but but yeah yeah yeah, I, I think that there is a dynamic there that sometimes I don't think folks even understand. I don't I don't even think folks realize that there's that dynamic there that exists until they approach that uh, phase of like the ex, you know, uh, being with somebody else or dating somebody or whatever the case may be. Yeah, that's, it's a whole different can of worms. We'll do another room all just on that because it's a huge, it, that's a whole hour. It's a whole hour of conversation <laughs> and it's tough. Um, as we're approaching the top of the hour here, um, I just want to reiterate um, some of the things that your kids um, uh, might be feeling and how they might be reacting. Um, we could do another room also on how to deal with some of the kids stuff. Um, although today we wanted to talk to you about um, the divorce side, but as your kids are going through this, it, obviously it's going to affect them. We mentioned a little bit before about how um, you want to talk to them, make sure that they understand what's happening so that they don't blame themselves. Um, but how they react to it, you're not going to have an option. They're going to react how they're going to react. Some kids are going to feel angry and other kids are going to withdraw. And so be ready for that. Um, they may even withdraw socially um, in their um, in their in their little friend network where they're just kind of being more quiet and they'll the teachers might say something at school uh, their grades might suffer because it's hard for them to concentrate when there's big changes happening in the home so keep in mind that grades might suffer be um <sighs> gracious with them and that they have a lot on their mind too so it's going to be hard to study it's going to be hard to be focused to get work done especially if you have an older child um little ones will um regress in some of the um processes that they're working on so if they're potty training they may go back um things like that so if you have a little one expect that to happen their eating and sleeping patterns are likely going to change and this is you want to really monitor this um pretty closely because you want to make sure that your kids are eating and sleeping as best as they can but just like you you can expect them to be sleeping super sound. Their life has been disrupted and they're gonna have trouble dealing with it. Um, they might feel a need to pick sides. And this is going to be really important that you head off at the pass if you can. Um, I know you're gonna want your child to pick your side because that's what we all want is, everybody wants that. Okay, but you really want to fight that urge um, and, and really make them understand that they don't need to pick between their parents at all for anything. Um, they possibly could go into a depression. Obviously this is getting worse and something you need to monitor. Um, again, can't say it enough. Counseling for them could be huge. Give them somebody to talk to. Um, I, with older children, actually even with younger children, I see some that will start going into risky behaviors. They don't know how to deal with the really big emotions happening inside their body. And especially if they're younger, they will act out 
um, older kids will be more risky. And so I know that you you can hear this, and but I'm going to say it again out loud that if you have an older child, watch for things like alcohol abuse, drug abuse, aggressive behavior, um, even an early introduction to sexual activity. So watch for those things. And when I say older, I mean like more like adolescent years, um, but younger kids, they're probably good. They could be starting fights at school. Um, so just be something, be mindful and, and ready to co-parent and partner with this ex to help your child with that. And then um, let's see, they could be facing their own relationship troubles, um, especially if they're again, an adolescent and they could take it out on their boyfriend or girlfriend. So I think that's about it, what I was going to say with those things. Just things to look for. Um, I'm going to let um, Rodrigo and Consuelo, if you want to say any other um, wrapping up words or, or last words of encouragement or advice. Yeah, let's do that. Consuelo, go right ahead. It's so funny. We unmiked at the same time. Yes, I would say just my words of encouragement is... I guess the biggest thing that helped me through was your happiness is on the other side of fear. It's a really scary thing to go through the divorce and all your feelings are really, my, my French fucking valid. Everything you're feeling is so, so valid and be very mindful of your support system. Some support systems are going to be better than others. So tap into what's right for you through the process. Um, so that you can feel super supported and just have really undying faith and, and come into rooms like this of people who get it, right? You know, we've already crossed that really hard bridge and we're on the other side and, and stay close to those types of people um, and do what you know and your gut feeling feels right because at the end of the day, you got to sleep at night and you got to face yourself in the mirror. And that's all that matters kind of at the end of the day. Rodrigo? Thank you, Consuelo. Thank you so much for sharing your experience and being vulnerable here on the stage. I think uh, that, that, speaks testament, uh, that speaks volumes to you, uh, being able to contribute to the conversation, but also where you're at and you know how you've handled that. So kudos to you for that. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a good conversation to have. You know, I mean, I know I, I kind of poked fun at it earlier, right? A happy divorce, that's an oxymoron. But there is such thing as a happy divorce, or as I like to say, a successful divorce, because at the end of the day, uh, these things happen. They do happen. And at the end of the day, everybody's entitled to their version of happiness. And sometimes we don't like that. Sometimes we do like that. Right? You know, whatever the case may be, though, it is important to come to terms with that. And there are ways to make this a, 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 a smoother transition and not, and not impact our children as, as it can happen. Uh, I've been on both ends of the spectrum where I've had a relationship that broke up and it was terrible and ended up impacting my, my son and another one where it didn't impact him as much. So, so I, I was, I would definitely say, make sure that, you know, you do what you can do to make sure and always put your kids first. Uh, they're the ones that are going to be the most impacted uh, when it comes to these type of things. So if you put them first and you put that love with them, just like I tell my clients, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll start off on a better foot. Thank you for listening today. Remember to subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. 
And don't forget, the Impactful Parenting Podcast is an extension of the Impactful Parent community. Go to the Impactful Parent website and download the free Impactful Parent app so you don't miss a parenting tip that can help you and your family. Thanks for listening today. So go to theimpactfulparent.com and see you next episode.